0: Hi, and welcome to Conductor, where we are two sisters on a mission to amplify female voices on the podium. Join us as we interview leaders in the field of choral music, share resources, and build a community for current and future teacher conductors, all while exploring the gender divide.
1: I'm Kira Starr. And I'm McKenna Stenson. And we are Conductor.
0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to Conduct Her the podcast. Uh, We are McKenna and Kira. We're so excited that you've been with us through all of Season 1. And today we're going to do a little episode on who we are uh, and some reflections on the season.
1: Definitely. Welcome, everyone, and thank you so much for tuning in. We are so excited with how successful Season 1 was and Mm -hmm. had just a great time making this podcast together. Many of you don't know this, um, but McKenna and I are sisters, so if this is your first time learning that information... Here we are. My name is Kira. I am the younger sister. And I will introduce McKenna, who is super wonderful. Um, McKenna is currently working at the University of Kansas, where she directs the Oread Choir, as well as the KU Glee Club. And she recently um, kind of finished, she needs to finish her paper still, but she finished up her studies. Of North Texas. Um, and she's just a fantastic music educator and just a wonderful musician and friend.
0: Well, thank you. Rock Jayhawk, as we say here at the University of Kansas, I'm learning. It's a limestone thing, in case you didn't know. So I didn't um, know. Like said, <laughs> I know. It's important because we're built on uh, basically limestone. So rock, chalk, Jayhawk. Today's do they have a hand signal? Um, no, they don't have a hand signal, but what is fascinating is that the football games, we do something called the waving wheat, which if you're on the video with us, looks like this. Excellent. Yeah, yeah we're known for basketball, just in case you were wondering. All right. <laughs> So, um, like Kira said, my name is McKenna Stenson, and I'm ABD from the University of North Texas here in Kansas. Um, And one of the reasons that Kira and I started this podcast is because we wanted to stay in touch. And so a little bit about Kira is that she taught for three years um, at Bishop O'Connell High School in Northern Virginia, Arlington, and then returned to school to pursue her master's. So Kira is entering the second year of her master's program at the University of Southern California, where she's thriving. She's working with one of their treble ensembles this year alongside some other master's students, doctoral students, and will do some directing in addition to her second master's recital, which is going to be phenomenal. So she's working hard. Um, She is an Enneagram 8. So for those of you who know the Enneagram Um, personality types. She is a person who's an advocate for social justice and change and positive things in the world. So if you've had the privilege of interacting with my sister, you know that she's an advocate for good and for change. And so I love that about her. And I'm just so excited that we've put this together to create a resource, but also to um, maintain some sister time, which has been an extra joy.
1: It's exciting when you have to schedule your sister time in. Um, many of you probably <laughs> not realize this. <laughs> but yes, we, have to, <laughs> we have to get together several weeks before we record the podcast. No, we did not record them weekly as we released them, which I was excited to hear some of you thought we were doing that. But we actually spent almost a year making our podcast for season one. And even to record this episode, we had to reschedule a few times because... Um, As you all know, if you are in the music field, things can be quite hectic and uh, very, very overscheduled. So we are happy to be here. And that's a little bit about our background. Um, We come from a musical family, which if you listened to the episode with Dr. Mary Hannah Klantz, you probably are aware she is our mom and we got to interview her, which was just a very cool experience to get to ask her some questions that. Maybe we had never had the place to. I mean, of course, we have a great relationship and we can ask for anything, but doing this podcast has definitely, at least for me, kind of made me think about our upbringing a little bit more and about the choices that her and our
0: dad made as to working musicians. And just to give a shout out to Paul Klontz, who is our dad, um, I do think that he counts every time we say his name. So dad, there you go. That was another one. Um, (laughs) But he's been super influential in our lives and not only as a great musician, but someone who never um, taught Kira and I that there are uh, glass ceilings. He's been encouraging of us from the beginning. And so it's really cool to get the, you know, dad text where he sends you a little picture of your podcast pulled up on his car, stereo um, and to know that there's that support and um, he's very wonderfully dry with his humor. So if you ever see comments <laughs> on Facebook from Paul Klontz, take it with a hint of dry humor. I
1: was so, actually yeah. home earlier this summer and Paul Klontz picked me up from the airport and what was playing but our podcast.
0: <laughs> 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 I do think he can get a shirt that's like number one fan. So we'll be working on that. Yeah. Yes, definitely. It's been a crazy journey over the past year, uh, producing, creating and producing the podcast. But we wanted to make sure you knew a little bit um, of the origin of this and sort of how it got started. So Kira and I um, realized that instead of living about 40 minutes away from each other, which we did for a couple of years in Northern Virginia that after I moved to Texas and Kira was in the process of transferring to Los Angeles, that we weren't sure how we were going to be able to have any time together. Uh, Part of that's the time change, part of it's busy life schedules and growing up. um, But we knew we really wanted to stay connected, but also to try and produce something meaningful for the field. And that's a little bit about how Conductor came to be. Kira, do you want to add anything?
1: Yeah, basically just my stroke of genius, which was that (laughs) I was on a walk uh, with my husband, Michael, and I just literally left our apartment building and was like, conduct her, conduct her. And I said it out loud and he was like, what are you saying? And I was like, I need to text (laughs) McKenna right now. (laughs) Um, So I don't know, just something in the universe said this is an important name. And kind of from that name, we developed the why of the podcast, you know, we had known that we wanted to do something together and take on a project that was creative and, you know, an outlet for us. But I think once we came up with the name, we were like, yes, let's interview prominent choral conductors who are women and hear about their experiences and, you know, maybe become a way for others to draw inspiration and resources and encourage you know more people in our field
0: to keep going, and I will say we've always talked about doing a sister podcast. That was something that I was like, Kira, we have to do a podcast. you know, back when my favorite murder was coming out, and uh Kira's for sure a much more avid podcast listener than I am. Um, I tend to fall into the audible side of human beings in case you were wondering, so um that's me. But I knew that when, you know, whenever we're together, it's like no time has passed and there's a lot of banter. And although the podcast is pretty serious, we hope that through it, you've gotten to know a little bit more about us and our relationship and just that we're wanting to contribute. And Kira mentioned a little bit about, you know, the interviewing of Prominent female conductors, but also making sure that we point out we wanted to interview um, female ally conductors and so opening up the conversation uh, to many people in the community uh, talking about lack of representation and also just creating a resource for others who are looking for inspiration, because I know thinking about going back into higher education, uh, thinking about pursuing higher education as a long term career there's a lot of questions that come to mind and there aren't a lot of um, really accessible resources. You know, you can talk to a person, but hopefully this has been a source where you've been able to draw inspiration um, and also resources such as books, music choices, uh, conferences, and just some practical life advice uh, for those who are thinking about going in a different career direction or just um continuing to thrive, excel, or be re-inspired in what you're doing every day on the ground in whatever field, part of the field that you're in.
1: Definitely. Yeah, I mean, when we started the podcast, we weren't exactly sure, you know, how wide of a net we could cast and how many people would be interested in this topic because it's kind of niche, but as we've developed and grown in each episode, I think we've realized that there really is interest out there and that people want to hear from, you know, not only leaders in our field, but people just like us who are, well, McKenna is a leader in our field. I dare say it. I'm (laughs) on my way, but, (laughs) you know, just people out here who are trying to make the right choices and be the best music educators that we can be. So it's been, it's been very cool to watch, how we've grown and progressed and see how many of you are interested. I got to meet a lot of people who listened to the podcast this summer when I went to the Atlanta Summer Conducting Institute, and it was so cool to meet so many of you in person. So shout out to all of you who were there and
0: thank you for supporting us. Yeah. And if you're a listener, make sure you're following us on social media. Um, We'll talk about that a little bit at the end, but, you know, write us a message, DM us. We want to know more about what you're enjoying, what type of content is applicable to you, what you want to hear more of. We are super open to suggestions and we're already working on seasons two and seasons three. So don't think that we're stopping. There's a lot more to hear from Conductor. But we we did want to do a little bit of reflecting on season one. We learned a lot. So I know you're thinking, wow, McKenna and Kira are podcast experts. They must have... So many podcasting skills. Well, (laughs) let me debunk that myth for you. So, (laughs) um, we're working on a fundraising campaign right now um, to support the purchasing of additional sound equipment and some audio editing help uh, because we just got started. I mean, that's just the reality of it. Um, We were like, a lot of people are making podcasts. Let's just dive in. And you may notice that the audio on the first few episodes, there were a couple spots that maybe were um, not as polished. And we learned going through the first couple of interviewees a lot about sound and sound production. We have a long way to go, but we're grateful to all the people who answered our panic text messages and have sent Mike advice, uh, helped us learn more about this process and this episode is the first one featuring our bl- brand new Blue Yeti mics, uh, which we're really excited about, and some of the sound equipment that we listed on the the GoFundMe. So, ooh, <laughs> yes, we need to <laughs> shout out
1: McKenna because I am the social media coordinator for the podcast, if you will, and um, you know, try and we try and split up our administrative duties, but McKenna did all of the editing of the audio for season one, which was a huge project to take on in the midst of graduating and finishing all of her courses and moving <laughs> across the country. So, you know, we we definitely have learned a lot and are really hoping that with some better resources and just more resources, we can make an even better product for you all and hopefully be more available to you and be able to better receive you know, what you want to hear about in real time while we're creating the podcast, which wasn't necessarily possible this past season because we were just diving in, as McKenna said. Learning, um, we're learning.
0: It's never too late to learning. learn. We and I want to say, <laughs> um, I do want to say that my husband, Brian, who is another musician, but also just a much, much, much better technology human than I am, really helped with a couple of the more challenging editing spots. And so shout out to him because that was a team effort on a couple of those episodes. But if it looks good, Kira made it. And if it sounds good, <laughs> I think I made it. So that's good. Like the yeah. sometimes we have our skills and we're learning and um, trying to become more proficient in those areas as we grow. It is not something they teach you in school, but there should be a course on both like promotion of uh, yourself and ideas and your school programs, and also sound editing and uh, like general audio, everything. And I'm excited that at KU, they actually have this course. Kind of cool. It's a new thing. She's promoting. She's advertising. (laughs) KU
1: students.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Rock chalk. Um, So that's a little bit about us diving into the podcast and learning through trial and error, but the opportunity to interview the incredible lineup that we had for season one. I know that when I was in those calls, it felt like I walked away with pages and pages and pages of notes. Uh, I I walked away freshly um, rejuvenated and with new ideas to go into the classroom and to tackle uh, some of the things that were happening in my everyday life. And I hope that that was something that you were able to take away over the summertime and get you excited for this coming school year, whether that's with a community group, a school ensemble, whatever it might be. So it was just a a joy to make, even though we had some ups and downs as we were working through the sound, etc.
1: Definitely. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed getting to meet all of these wonderful humans and shout out to All of our fantastic interviewees from season one, thank you all so much. I mean, they truly answered the call and just responded and said, we would love to do this. And there was nothing to go off of. Just simply McKenna and I reaching out saying, (laughs) hello, we're starting this podcast. No, there's nothing to show you yet. Um, No, you're not going to know what the questions are. Please let us know if you're available. And so we just really appreciate all of the people who were willing to you know, take a chance on us and tell their stories because we hope this is a platform where we can continue doing that for hundreds and hundreds and thousands of um, choral musicians everywhere. But, you know, it takes a really special person to carve out the time for something new, Um, particularly, as we said, in a world where we're all so busy. So we thank you, everyone who was involved in season one. And also, thank you to our listeners for finding us (laughs) and uh, deciding to check us out. I know some people have said this has been so great, like getting me in the mindset to go back to school. And other people have said just a great resource to hear from. And we just, I mean, we hope that you're enjoying the content because we're definitely enjoying making it. And as McKenna said, every episode, you know, even though this has become a bit of a, you know. A separate job for us. Um, It's been a really meaningful thing to be a part of. And every time that we make an episode, I honestly think the scheduling is the hardest part. And then once we're in there talking with each other with this third party, it's so rejuvenating. And I don't know, just a moment to be and say, it's okay. No one is perfect. We all have imposter syndrome. We're all out here just trying to show up and be our best selves. So I hope that's been helpful to all of you. And Hope that you found some, I don't know, something from each episode that has made your day.
0: And just know that we are here to listen and to take your feedback. And so I've already received a lot of, you know, whether it's in person or through email or messenger, Hey, you should definitely reach out to this person. Oh my gosh. I know this amazing person. So just know that Kira and I have a running list. So if there's somebody that you're interested in, um, having this platform and coming on the podcast and getting the chance to share we'd love to reach out to them and want to hear from you uh in addition to sharing a little bit about the origin of the podcast and um just sort of what our mission and the heart of the podcast is we're also going to do a little reflecting on season one start which we started to do but kira what was your biggest takeaway from season one
1: I think my biggest takeaway was that there's not one way to do this. And that has been very, as I said, reassuring for me. I mean, you know that as a human being, of course, your life is going to differ greatly from the people around you, but it can be so easy in this field because it is so niche. It is so, um, you know, very specific it can be very easy, at least for me, to feel like, oh, well, I need to do this step and then this step and this step, and I need to do it this way, and these are the people I need to meet. And you know, it can become exhausting in its calculation and and how you feel you need to operate and be in control. But you know, at the end of the day, we're all vastly different people and vastly different musicians and teachers, and I think it's been really great to meet so many different voices who are you know, having success and made this career happen. And it's been really, really wonderful to realize like, oh, it's going to work out. And I just need to trust. And you know, I think Dr. McMullen said this this summer, but um, she said, walk through the door that is open. And I think she wasn't interviewed on this podcast, but she's been a really great mentor to McKenna and to me by extension. And that's kind of been the motto of this season for me It's just walk through the door that is open. And that might even just be the connections that we've made in these episodes.
0: Yeah. I think there's so much to unpack with that, the concept of the field being vast and that it's not linear and that's hard for type A's. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I understand and I relate to that. Um, Doing a little reflecting, thinking about my takeaways from season one. I think I have a few, but the one that comes to mind is just the concept of vulnerability. And I felt like I was able to open up with strangers, you know, people that I didn't know um, because they were willing to share their stories and be earnest and honest, and it made me feel safe and included. So I'm appreciative of the people we were able to interview because I felt like I was able to be more of my authentic self. Sometimes going to school or being in a career, you feel like maybe you have to put on, not a fake personality, that's not what I mean, but I oftentimes wanted to be strong for my students or my peers or you know not let a situation ruffle my feathers. And while that's important, I think it's also important to be vulnerable and to really share how you're feeling. And I wonder if there are times in the past couple of years if I had had a resource like this where maybe I would have felt more confident and comfortable saying how I actually felt in a situation rather than trying to walk through that by myself. So that is, you know, it's not therapy, but that's a lot to unpack in there. But I do think that through some friends uh, reaching out and saying, oh, I didn't know you felt this way or like, oh, wow, this person really, I connected with this person on this and I had never thought about sharing XYZ situation. So I hope for some of you that that's something that you can take away as well.
1: Definitely. Yeah, that's such a good point. And that that made me think as well of one person reached out and was talking about the Brittany Boykin episode, and they were saying how meaningful it was for to hear, you know, us talk about failure, and how that is such a part of this journey that, you know, when you read someone's bio in a program, it doesn't say what they didn't get, right. And that's, that's the world we live in so frequently is just, okay, here's my 500 words. Um, so I, it's been very, it's been liberating, I think for us and the listeners to be able to have that, you know, vulnerable conversation and say, we're not sure. And we're still learning and we're still making mistakes and not getting things. And that's okay. Absolutely.
0: And I know that we have big plans to move forward. And, again, just wanted to bring up our gratitude and our thanks. Uh, We're in the middle of this GoFundMe campaign, and we're just so um, awestruck by our family and friends and listeners who have donated to make this possible. And I hope you notice a uh, beautiful – Uh, change in our sound quality just in one episode and we're looking forward to continuing the fundraising campaign to raise money specifically to gain some support in the audio engineer um, and audio editing side of things I do think that it took I mean it took hundreds of hours uh, this first time just to figure it out and I do think that we've learned a lot but to have some support on that end means that we can get more content out to you
1: Definitely. And that's our goal. We already have a list of people we'll be reaching out to for season two and three created. So never fear. We are, uh, we are on it. We've got a lot of great people that we would love to interview. So I guess also in that regard, thank you to everyone who's donated their money or shared our posts. We super appreciate it. And something else you can do is just recommend the podcast. Um, to friends or, you know, musical people in your life who you think it could benefit or just, you know, make a connection there. So we we appreciate all of your support in all the ways that you all are able to give.
0: hundred percent. And, you know, we're moving forward one day at a time. It's been really cool to do our episodes in an interview format. And also, although we were interviewing Sierra, um, one of our episode guests from season one, we're also trying to be creative in our episodes and our output so that it's not all exactly the same format. So stay tuned as we work into season two and three to learn more um, from researchers in our field, in addition to the clinicians in the field and practitioners in the field and composers in the field, and just trying to make sure that we are really featuring people that are out there doing creative things. It doesn't all have to look the same. And I hope that you noticed that in our first season. So Fantastic. at the end of every episode, we do something <laughs> crazy where we do our rapid fast five questions. And today, my friends, is your lucky day because Kira and I are going to ask them to each other. Oh, my. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kira. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, what is your favorite choral octavo of the moment. Wow, even though we asked this question to
1: everyone, I still need to think (laughs) about the answer. Oh, that's so ironic. Okay, so (laughs) um, I've been doing a lot of score studying, preparing for my fall semester. So um, what immediately comes to mind is my treble choir pieces that I get to conduct and One of them is Where the Life Begins by Susan Labar, which is just a super beautiful, accessible piece. And I think it would speak to a lot of young singers. So if you're looking for something for your trouble group, um, beginning or advanced, honestly, there's a lot of meaning to pull out of it. I think that this would be a great piece. So Where the Life Begins by Susan Labar. And I think that's paired very nicely with um what happens when a woman which is a super fiery piece with body percussion and it's really really wonderful it's by alexandra Oloslavsky, i think and if i butchered her name i'm so sorry she's part of a group art so check both of those pieces out mckenna
0: what is your favorite choral octavo Oh, my goodness. Um, Sort of like you, I'm in a liked voice ensemble situation for this year at the KU Glee is a tenor bass ensemble, which I'm stoked about. And uh, the Oread Singers are treble. But the piece that I'm thinking of is voiced for TTBB and also is in an SATB arrangement. So if you have an SATB group, this piece is amazing. Um, I am just really into music from the Philippines. That's been something that I've been really interested in for a while. And so the piece that I'm thinking of is called "Idem Dem Malida." It is a piece arranged by Yona Fierro, who's a living Filipino composer. But originally, this piece is from um, the Tagalog. Uh, tribe in the Philippines. It has this amazing victory chant um, motif that's sort of woven throughout and that's the original folk melody. And then Fiero has created all of these automatopeia sounds to represent the instruments um, from the Philippines. And so it's a really cool introduction to how you can follow one musical concept throughout what looks like a complicated score And in reality it's just a couple of fun interlocking rhythms that um, your students i think will really get engaged into and you get to make a lot of really cool sounds so highly recommend that piece and um, there's also a great resource that i found this summer in doing a little bit of digging around it which is called music c m-u-z-i-k and then s-e-a like c and that is something that has uh, tons of Filipino, also Malaysian, um, pieces in all sorts of different voicings, and I have just been diving deep down the rabbit hole into that resource. One of my amazing um cohort mates this summer, named Laura, introduced that to me. So shout out uh, to her for sharing that resource. It's amazing.
1: Love it. Also, if you're looking for a Malaysian piece, check out Yu Hong Tan. He is one of my friends from USC who just recently was published and has won a couple of awards. so check out his pieces as well.
0: That All is- right,
1: McKenna. what is one misconception about you?
0: Mm. Sort of like you said, I know the questions and I know they're coming. Uh, but what a good what a good question this is. I like it it's a lot good. Like- yeah pretty good um you know i think i think oftentimes and this may have been true when i was younger people think because i am nice and bubbly and um friendly i really love people i am an extrovert of extroverts that sometimes maybe they can take advantage of that. And as I've grown, I've been able to draw more firm lines in the sand and be more aware of what it means to set boundaries. And that setting a boundary is a positive thing because it means there is more of you and of resources to go around sometimes. And so. I think maybe when I was younger, people thought that they could just kind of maybe, maybe that they could get away with things. Um, and they can't. So I don't know if that's a good answer. That's a great <laughs> answer. Well, thanks. Uh, Kira, what is one misconception about you? Um.
1: Well, two came to mind. One is related to yours, which is like, generally of the two sisters mckenna is the very sweet one which mckenna is a bit of a wolf in sheep's clothing (laughs) um you know she's very fierce and she's also very kind um and i think for me it's a bit of the reverse where sometimes the fierceness comes (laughs) out immediately and (laughs) i can be very um very blunt and funny i think um (laughs) And oftentimes, people don't necessarily see the sweet or vulnerable or um, you know kind part of me that is also a really, really big part of who I am, but just not necessarily what I broadcast to everyone immediately. And so what you're the second, is like we're
0: the yin and the yang, we each are each the other, beautiful coexisting opposite. opposites. Exactly. Um, so yes,
1: that's one. And the second thing is that. Most people assume I'm married to a musician because everyone in our family is a musician, including McKenna's husband, as we said. But my husband is a sweet and wonderful audience member whom I love very much. And he is and- good at math and taxes, and
0: he's a brilliant he lawyer. Choir, though. He joined choir in high school to be hang out with one Kira. And to go on the choir trip with her. So choir directors, if you are not thinking that trip means something, the Michaels of the world need it. And it's fun. The Michaels of the world
1: need to go on the music trip. So push your way through.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So... As we've been going through the season, we've sort of been playing around with our third question, which is what is one word to describe you on the podium? Um, And in our episode with Jay Saplan, we talked a little bit about like the meaning of the podium and sort of debunking the podium um, and creating a more inclusive space. So when you think about yourself, Kira, what is one word to describe you as an educator and conductor and mentor? Mm, This is such a great question that we came up with. (laughs) Um, <laughs> okay, think, I'm stalling, I'm stalling, I'm stalling.
1: I know. Well, it's hard. There's a lot of words that come to mind, but I think the main one is empowering. Mm. I feel empowered in myself, and I also feel the empowerment of the group in front of me. Like it's a coexisting feeling, which is so cool. What about you, McKenna? What's one word? What's your one word?
0: I think that as I'm moving into a new space, um, I've been trying to distill some of these words, you know, just in terms of maintaining identity uh, and feeling confident going into a new space. And the word that comes to mind for me is validating. Um, Mm -hmm. Validating of those that are in the room, being responsive to what the energy is of the day and being able to take that validation of what's taking place and be flexible in my teaching and mentorship and the things that come from that. And that is, I think the best way I can describe what it feels like to be an educator. And I think my sole mission in life is to validate others through music and to Mm -hmm. validate, um, to validate that this is a worthwhile endeavor in their lives. So that's what comes to mind these days. Love it. All right. Question four. What is
1: your favorite choral memory?
0: There are so many and this would be different if you had asked me six months ago, but I recently became ABD at the University of North Texas. That's where I finished my coursework and I'm working on my document. And the last piece that I sang there was the Brahms Requiem. And it was with the entire choral department. And I think what was empowering and meaningful about that experience was not only was it my last time to sing with my cohort mates, and people who I consider family for life, it was amazing to look around the room and think about the relationships that I built with the community of undergraduate students. And that was just so mind-blowing that in two years, you can go from a stranger to a best friend, to a mentor, to a um, a colleague, to just being another person who's there to support. And so the Requiem in and of itself is meaningful to me for a number of reasons. Uh, As my first major work that I sang um, and dedicated it in memory of my grandmother who passed uh, pretty close to that time. And so I think that right now is a mountaintop musical moment for me, not because an I felt like we sang it beautifully, Um, but because of who I sang it with, Mm. and so that is going to stay with me forever. Yeah. Mm. Great answer. Thanks. A lot of things happen when you move your whole life across the country, like things that you don't think about, you start to think about, and that, you know... I know that my answer would have been different. I know that it would have been different a couple couple months Definitely. ago. Or if I was still there, yeah. yeah. Definitely. What about you, Kira Star? What is your favorite uh, oral memory?
1: Wow. Similarly, I feel like it's a there's a collection, right? Kind of like a snapshot. Like when you take those Polaroid things, I feel like There are a lot of little moments in my life, but I think this kind of encompasses a few. The relationship that I have with my students still is Mm -hmm. one of my favorite choral memories. So, you know, being able to stay in touch, um, one student in particular comes to mind who I'm very close with, and I feel like I'm still a friend and mentor, even though she's no longer my student. And that's something that's so special that is a result of our choral relationship and of me being a choir director, but it's become something so much more than just me being a high school choir teacher, which is incredibly meaningful, but you know, that's why we do this is the human part is to make the relationships and, and form that community with music it's a resource yeah. right and, and that's been really cool so I think that's my favorite my current favorite memory man I'm so glad I'm your sister
0: that's beautiful Me too. You're beautiful. <laughs> all the feels. Um, um. so now that we've had all this deep and meaningful conversation we get to the favorite question which is what is oh, a blooper your coral blooper. And this question, I got to tell you, is my favorite question, because I think that we get to hear a lot of wild stories uh, and they make me feel good. because <laughs> We've all been there. We've all been there. So Kira, oh, would you man. like to start or would you like me to start?
1: Wow. Well, I think we've built mine up so much. As our dad would like to tell us, we've infamously talked about mine on the podcast a lot, which...
0: We've talked about the the infamous d- first episode that we decided to re record because... Well, to be fair, a lot has changed since the first episode
1: and the information was no longer relevant. Like, it wouldn't absolutely. have made any sense. So we started to listen to it and we were like, this isn't even who we are anymore. And literally at the top of our the top of it, it was like, all right, so we're planning to release the episodes in March. Which, ah, you yes. we you know it didn't happen. Yeah. And we, we released did. in June. <laughs> so, yes, I would be happy to tell you about my infamous blooper, which is as follows. One time <laughs> when I was teaching <laughs> at my amazing high school, um, I was with my tenor bass ensemble, and which was just such a great group. So much fun. Um, and, you know, I always told them about posture and how when we're singing, you know, it's important to not have our hands in our pockets or in front of, you know, our crotch or, you know, behind our back. And <laughs> whenever they held their hands in front of their body, I was like, you are telling me you have to go to the bathroom, you know, like that's what that body language <laughs> says. to me. It's like, I need to pee. And so one time, this was pretty close to our concert, and, you know, a concert brain is is running about, and there's this one student who had his hands in front of his crotch, and I was like, you look pee, and then continued on uh, with the word penis, which was absolutely not my intention, uh, and it was so funny, and Basically, time froze for a moment, and I just kind of looked at my tenor bass ensemble, and we just said nothing for, like, five seconds, and then we just all burst into laughter. Like, every single person in the room was essentially just dying on the floor laughing. So that was really a bonding moment um, with my tenors and basses, <laughs> and it was awesome. They were very cool. I apologize. I was like, I am sorry. <laughs> That is absolutely not what I meant to say. Um, and I have since learned maybe let's not talk about posture in that way because come <laughs> out of your mouth. Um, so that is my biggest coral blooper, and hopefully, hopefully the most monumental.
0: I will say I remember the day that you called me and told me that you were like, McKenna, today in Tennessee <laughs> fire, I said penis, and I was like, "Oh my God. <laughs> There was a lot of bonding that's taken place over that moment, and um, I i got to tell you, it's a favorite choral blooper of mine, so I'm glad you know that what? it's out there in the world for people Being to- Be real. Yeah.
1: Be real, everyone, just like the Be app. Real. That's me right now. Um, yeah. And if you're one of my sweet tenor basses who is listening who was there, thank you, and I love you, and um, that moment just stayed between us. It was just a mutual respect. Thing, so. <laughs> Now the world knows, um, but I really loved that group of students, and if there were ever anyone to do that in front of it, it was them, for sure. Yeah,
0: absolutely. All right, well, McKenna, what is your choral blooper? Well, I think I'll share two, and one was just, I think we've all probably been in a situation sort of like this. It was my very first choir job and my very first concert as a solo choir director, And it was at a brand new middle school that I had opened and I was really excited. We had the polos, we had the logo, wrote the school song. Gotta have the polo. Gotta have the polo. And so there was a a song that we were doing um, that was a great piece but needed to be transposed up a whole step to really suit middle school voices. And so it was amazing because I had one of those portable clavinovas where you just go over and you press the button and up a whole step it goes, which is my favorite type of piano. So the that's the first piece to open the concert. Um, we sang it, it was awesome. I was like, yeah, we're doing it. And so then the piece following it was acapella and we played the chord and I gave the downbeat. And what's amazing is when you don't untranspose the piano, half of your group will sing it in the new key, but half will sing it in the old one. And that is something <laughs> that I will never forget. Never forget uh, being a piano. Um And the so perfect that- pitch
1: kids are like looking around, panicked, They're saying <laughs> no. this isn't
0: right. <laughs> you know, it's your first choir concert, so you've practiced that piece a lot that piece was in your in the body and so some of them really had it in there and i was very impressed um because if it was me i probably would have sang it up a whole step um and that's okay because that's who i am and i'm good with that but that was oh. jarring um my second blooper it's not really just it's not really a blooper it's just an experience that i think needs to be out in the world that one time in graduate school i conducted a trombone quintet, a brass quintet, and two choirs in drum major tandem style around a courtyard with glow-in-the-dark tape on a baton. And so if you were involved in that project, you know what I'm talking about. And there were some bloopers. There oh. were, but we did it. <laughs> That's so a lot, lot of elements coming together under the wow. direction of a yeah, glow-in-the-dark a baton. What an amazing project. Um, but I still have that baton with the glow-in-the-dark duct tape. And I will be keeping it because that was a Absolutely. meaningful moment. But shoot, where there's some bloopers and we all survived. So it doesn't matter what level the blooper takes place. It's going to be okay. Definitely. And we hope
1: that hearing the bloopers from our esteemed colleagues slash mentors in this field has been uh, relieving for you all and It certainly has been for us to hear that we're all human out
0: here, just doing our best. So (laughs) Our best, one day at a time. So whether you don't transpose the piano, whether you say pee, (laughs) whatever it might be, you're going to be okay as you embark on this new school year, this new academic year, whether you're thinking about that new composition, whether you're getting involved with music technology, whatever your future is, you're going to be okay. It's going to be good. Absolutely.
1: Well, thank you all so much for tuning in. We are Conduct Her podcast, and you can follow us on social media, on Instagram at at conduct.her.pod and on Facebook
0: at conduct.her. And we hope that you learned a little bit more about the voices that are doing these interviews and putting these podcasts together and just a little bit more about how this came to be and what we've learned and how we are really excited to bring you more content for Seasons 2 and Seasons 3. So stay tuned. Thanks so much for listening. This has been Conductor. Conductor.